Shkech, everybody for coming. The only Mechoven here was Eliezer broadcasts online, and I figured if he's in Lakewood, at least tonight, at least the going to the art site, we could have something that has some Shaykhs that are going. He told me it's not really about the going, but we could rely on him that he'll make some kind of connection to the Bismedrash of the Vilna going. And Mechoven uh, Rav. Okay so, okay, so first I'm just going to say um, briefly just a few introductions. Number one is thank you for hosting it. Thank you for arranging it. Okay, that's number one. Number two is that um, this year is the year of the Chidah. Um, not only have they printed a lot of Svarim of the Chidah, but they also there's been three different versions of the travels of the Chidah that have come out this year. One of the most remarkable things that you see about the Chidah, besides for that he was such a tremendous Gadol, is that he was traveling always for, for a, lar- a large amount of his career. And he still was able to be beyond prolific and holding and learning. When one's traveling, it's very hard to be holding in, any, in, in anything. And you see a lot of G'daylim, it was very hard for them, but let's say the Chidah, you couldn't even tell that he was traveling. Um, that's an excuse. Uh, that's number two. Number three is that, I'm not comparing myself in the Gadol aspect, I'm just comparing <laughs> myself in the excuse of the travel. Number three is, this is um, all a, a, um, it's a theory. It could be it's completely wrong. Some of the things are right, but, some, but as the whole picture, it could still be wrong. Um, it's part of a much bigger picture that I'm definitely not going to be um, boring you with all the details right now. Therefore, I'm not going to bring all the proofs for everything, just to give some ideas of different things to connect them. Even though it's not... Um, straight up learning that maybe uh, parts of it you can't make a berchas atayra, but it's still some. It's based on tayranim makam acher, hashirim makam acher. It also relates because of the Graz yard site. We'll see um, some insight into the Graz based medrash that was never um, that was not noticed before. Um, and just two other, three other short things. Is one is that Mirz Hashem, in a little more than a week, there's going to be a convention in Yerushalayim from the base Havad, the fourth base Havad, which is a bunch of from um, Haredi people talking about Svarim and all different types of things. One, person, one of the sessions of that convention is going to be actually be devoted to Gainim. So this is actually a, relates to something over there that they will not be saying, but um, so you'll get some of Eretz I don't know if it's going to be online, so you'll get something beforehand that will be Related, not that I'm speaking there, but it relates to some of the things that are going to be said there. Two other things is one is I'm not a professional speaker. I only speak online. It's just me and someone talking, watching me on a camera. So I apologize. And the last thing is like this. The, based on all what I will try to say, as I'll be able to say it as fast as possible, um, is that the, it's, we also show the significance of bibliography, um, dates, when things are happened, when Svarim are printed, reading even the Hagdamas and the Sharava Sefer, how important it is in order to understand the broader picture of what I hope to attempt to say tonight. Okay, now, the title um, that we gave it is as follows, Rabbi Shai Berlin, some people know him as Rabbi Shai Pik, um, Rabbi Zalm Margolis, and the Beis Medrash of the Gura, and there's going to be a Dagesh on the world of Ga'inim and Midrashe Agada that the influence of Rabbi Shire Berlin, and I'm going to claim how it has to do with, somehow it gets to Rabbi Fahim Zalman, and it gets to the base marriage of the Grah. Okay, so first is, the first person to introduce is Rabbi Fahim Zalman Golis. Rabbi Fahim Zalman Golis is born in 1760, dies in 1828 suddenly, and he's one of the G'daylim of Galicia in that period of time. 
He, interestingly enough, is he was never a rav of any particular city. He is a rich person who was asking in his city, and but even still, he was considered one of the gedolei hadar of his kufa, um, which is very uncommon. Means say there are many cases of gedolei, of people that were rich, that were famous, that were learned, <coughs> but to be a gadolei in that period of time, especially because he was in close contact already from a young age with the Neidim Yehuda, Shagasari, Rabbi Shai of Berlin, Rabbi Fal Hamburger. Later on with Rukhaim Velazhner, his Talmud Mishkan Siakov, the Chsam Sefer, Shlomo Kluger, and many others. Now, because he was rich, he was able to sit most of his time, he was able to learn <coughs> and write, and he published many Svarim in his lifetime, and some of the Svarim came in afterwards. And he's famous that his Svarim are in different genres. You say it comes, it's different styles, different types of writings. He has Chuvis, and he has Allah Svarim on all different types of things. Okay. Um, Today, I want to focus on a sefer of his that's less, um, it's, it's well known, but it's not really been focused on what the significance of the sefer is. And that is his perish that he wrote on the Psikta Rabasi. Now, why did he write this perish? So he says that he, was, he, he basically fell into depression after his oldest daughter died in 1809. She was very sick. He wasn't able to learn, he writes. He wasn't able to learn halacha. So he basically says that he um, went and wrote a parish on Psikta. And fine. Lamaisa, he only finished the parish in 1825, but he doesn't print it. Um, it's printed afterwards, and the manuscript still exists today in um, Hebrew University. Now, the question is, okay, so he wrote it, and he says why he wrote it. Well, what's unique over here is that no one in that generation was really writing Perushim on Medrash. No one was really being Isaac in Medrash to write some Perushim, at least in Galicia. So, um, the, so, so one of the people that, are, that um, is very involved with, with the world of Agada, um, his name is Hanan Mac. so he suggests that it really has to do with there was, in, let's say in 1806, which is right before Befraim Zalman, there was some parish on the Psikta, which we don't know much about, but it existed. And the people from the base Medrash of the Gra were Isaac and Medrashim. But the problem is that that's good for Vilna, but Befraim Zalman goes as far away in Galicia. How, does it, how do they connect and who, um, at all? Okay, now, when you look in the parish, it's um, Zerafrayim, of his, you, you'll, be, you'll see that there's various um, interesting things in this parish. And that, and that is like this. It's not just that someone, sometimes you have a sefer, and a gadol has taira, and he attaches it to a said sefer. Um, and a lot of times the claim is, you know, he just, he looked for a sefer that he could find, and he put his own, tira, his own let's say, uh, a darshan would sometimes take a medrash and put it there, but he's not really concerned as much with the actual sefer. Over here, this sefer, the the medrash psikta, so Rabbi Fraim Zal Margolis, he was completely concerned with the text of the medrash. He went through the sefer carefully, closely reading it, and he, he's very concerned with to understand the actual medrash. Um, and what that means is he's also concerned with the nusach of the text. Um, in order to do that. He also uses uh, incredible bakiyas in all of Chazal, Yerushalmi, Megillus um, Tainus, and um, what's his name? Seda Eilam, Teisefta, Mechilta, Tanchuma, other Madrashim, even Agada Bereshis that just came at the time, Masechta Seifim. He uses all these Madrashim to help understand this Madrash. 
not only that, he had a incredible bekiyas of rishayim at that period, that or around at that period of time. He uses that also for the nusach. Sometimes he suggests that there's mistakes in the in the text of the of the medrash, and he fixes them. Sometimes it's based on the other nuschayis um, that he finds in other places. Sometimes it's himself. But basically, is that. But I'm not going to go into all the details to show all these things. But this is um, um, what you see in this parish. Now, one of the things you see in this. Heber also is that he uses the Sefer we know as the Sefer Ha'aruch, which he quotes numerous, numerous times, and for two reasons. One is to explain the words of the Medrash, and two, also to explain the Nusach of the Psikta. And I will return to explain what, what these two things with the Aruch shortly. Okay. So basically, here you have a person who's being Isaac in Medrash Agada, intense. He's not really, he, even though we know the Gra and his base marriage are crazy into. Um, and everything. He is not necessarily, as far as we know, he didn't go to Vilna or anything like that. And he's doing this in Galicia. And the question is how, um, how is there any way that we could figure out that maybe something happened that triggered him to be so Isaac in it with this style or something like that? Could be. He just did. It's not, not, the question could be that there's no, it's not really a question, and he just did. But based on what I saw, I'm going to suggest the possibility, and that is as follows. His, he had the most ex- extensive library, probably, of anyone in the city or anywhere around it, including rare books and manuscripts, and tshuvas um, and that were only published in Sephardi places, he imported it in, and that's how the Shari Tshuva was written. It was written from his extensive library. So that even though he did, so I'm not going into it. He did, does have a connection to Vilna, but it has nothing to do with this, and it only starts a little later. At this time, in 1809, he doesn't have a strong connection with Vilna. Yeah, but there's no one else doing this, so it wouldn't help. He does, ha- he does have a connection to big people in Krakow and everyone else. I'm saying at 15, which is in the 1780s, he already has a connection with the Night of Buda, so that's the pro- he has connections with people. Anyway, my suggestion is as follows. Um, looking through his shoes, you see, that, and this, in order to get to this, we, have to, we move to Germany in Breslau. What happened is like this. Rabbi Ephraim Zalman, going through his shoes, we find that one of the people that he wrote a lot to was a Yid named Rabbi Shai Berlin. So now the story shifts for a few minutes, and that is as follows. Rabbi Shai Berlin, Rabbi Shai Pick, is very famous today. Everyone heard of him, but that's about what they heard he existed. Who is he? What was he? What was his significance? Very little. It was once a lecture many years ago um, set over when, when Rabbi Avram Berliner, Professor Avram Berliner, got a award, I think, on, based on the Berlin Foundation or the Pick Foundation. So he gave a lecture where he collected all the history that was known about Rabbi, Sha- uh, about, um, Rabbi Shaya. Later on, Shraga Avramson, he did not like that article, but he also wrote some articles about Rabbi Shaya Berlin. Um, why we'll get too soon. Now, Yeshaya Berlin, who is he? So he basically, he seems to be born around 1725. He dies in 1799. He's one of the G'dayli Adar. People don't realize. Um, and he was Zaycha um, to learn most of his life, Yom Velayla. And he was a prolific writer. Only the last few years has he become the Rav of Breslau. Now, he wrote Chiburim on all areas of Torah. When I say that, I mean Mishnah, Teisefta, Targamunkalis, Davening, Machser, the Aruch, the Tishbi, and Chuvas he had with all different Gedalim, and, and, and more. Now, he has an interesting sefer known about the, when, the, when the Gemara says Kasha, he talks about that. And 
he has the Messiah, the Shasa, also, and more. Now, eventually, some of his Agais are published on the side of the Gemara. His brother-in-law was a printer. They put it on the side. And through this, he was misakin the Nusach a lot of times, or he throws you out a Nusach based on a Shultis and the Sefer Aruch. And sometimes other Rishayim, and also he always he knew, since he was he was he had a crazy bikis and kolotayrukula atesefdas and uh, and all different types of things. He, as I said, he, he wrote it intense Ian sefer on tesefta, which it seems to be lost now. The Duktuke Seifrim um, writes that he that his tziyunim that he wrote opened up at that time when it came out. They, everyone understood it was unbelievable how it opened up different areas of, 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 of learning. It made it easier because it, it made it more accessible. Now, what's well known is that he had mo- most, some of his stuff was printed, even as very recently. Um, but there exists, even in public libraries today, various manuscripts of him that would be very worthwhile to be printed, but, but they haven't been published. Okay. Maisa, it's well known is that he wrote a lot to the Nain Behuda. And these chuvas, it could be he was even the person who wrote the most to the Nain Behuda. And the Nain Behuda um, writes in one place, Ahuvi Yedidi Vichavivi Hagoin Hamuvik Hamuflu Mufluk Betairu Bemaisa. Another time, the Nain Behuda writes about him, Baki Bekula Talmuda Bavli Yushalmi Sefri Taisefta Betaisvis Meruba. Now, the Naid Yehuda is not someone that was um, famous for exaggerating, and if the Naid Yehuda said it, at that time, the Naid Yehuda was, done, was probably already, at least in the 1780s, was probably the Gadol Adar, or for sure was from the Gadol Adar, so it, it's a pretty nice uh, statement to have written about you. The Naid Yehuda had a Talmud, his Talmud Muvak was the Relezer Fleckless, in a, in a Hesped that he gave on Rabbi Shai of Berlin, and from here you also see again how they looked at him at that time. He was baki Then he says, and then he says his chiburim were to be mezaka the rabbin to make everything accessible and everything. And also he was also a chassid. He was an of all these types of things. Okay. Anyway, this is Rabbi Shair Berlin. Now, one of the things that Rabbi Shair Berlin did that he was famous for was he wrote a parish. Sheila um, Shalom on the Shultis. Okay, so to, we take that for granted that there's a Hebrew called Shultis and that he wrote a parish on it. But what's the story behind it? So here we see the significance of reading introductions of a Sefer. Um, and in the introduction we find um, a, a fascinating story that Pekitzer, there was a guy, he was a tutor for um, kids in the, in the, in the city. And he wasn't making enough money. He was also Chavrusa of Rabbi Shai Berlin's um, brother-in-law, who was a printer. So he wanted to make more money. Um, he asked them for an idea. So the idea was, which was a common idea in those days, they'll reprint an old Sefer. So they do. He, what, what Sefer they do? They decide to print the Shultis. Now, when was the Shultis first printed? In 1548. Now, since 1548 till, this is, we're holding 1786, it's not printed. That's a few hundred years. Um Yehuda already who gives a skama to this work was of Rabbi Shai Berlin. He says no one has this chibur. Rabbi Shai Berlin already points out that the Eli Rabu had a famous library for that was known of having library doesn't either have the shultis and no one really had the shultis. So this um, person, his name was Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac. He got from the Rav of Breslau, Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef Tumim, who seems to have had a very nice library, he had an original um, shultis, and he gave it to him. But he said, you know what, I'm going to give you a good idea. You just print the shultis, no one cares about it. It wasn't available for a few hundred years because there was no demand. 
Go over to Rabbi Shai of Berlin, ask him, maybe he'll write you Haggais on the Sefer. So it'll help sales. He goes and gives it to him. Three months later, he gives him this work called Chila Shalom, and that helped. And you see that it's already start, as we'll see, actually, that, that seems to have helped sales. And it's printed in 1786. Lamai Yisrael Berlin continues to write Ha'aris, and it's only printed, the last batch of Ha'aris are printed much later on. Anyway, what does he do? He uses the Shultis, which is an early, which is a Gainic work, and he uses it for the, the, the Tama Bavli, the Gersais, that could help. And he, and he also adds in a lot of interesting Torah for it that relates to uh, with the focus on the Shultis. It wasn't a guy that just took his Torah on Nashim Azik and then decided, oh, I have a great opportunity to put it into the Shultis over here. No, he's concerned with the Shultis as the Shultis. But we'll get to that shortly. And the Nitziv, who ends up writing a monumental work on the Shultis, says that the parish of Rabbi Shai Berlin Mamish opened up the Sefer for, for, for anyone before him. Now, now, that is the next step. The next step is, but what does that have to do with Rufarim Zalmar Golis? The original question. So the answer is that they, as I said, they had um, a correspondence, a close correspondence. We're able to tell from various letters that we have, that we have of them. And, and we see... Um, one of the things that happens is he tells them right away, shortly after the Shultis comes out, and set basically in 1787, it's printed in 1786, in 1787 he says, I got you Pirish, I have a few Haras, and he sends them some Haras. Now, it seems that he might have been alluding that he doesn't have a copy, um, maybe he could send me a copy, and it seems that Rabbi Shai Berlin chapped, and he sends him a copy afterwards with Rabbi Yaakov. It might be that this is Rabbi Yaakov Landau, the son of the Nain Behuda, who was a, a, a very close friend of Rabbi Ephraim Zalm, but I'm not 100% sure yet. Anyway, they have letters back and forth, many letters. Some are printed in the base of Ephraim and other places. And you see from here, in these letters, what's very interesting is an intense in-depth discussion of all different things. The Kul Kula plays out over here, but a lot of times it's about the Aruch. And Rabbi Shai Berlin starts talking about, not, not only, it starts with these Ha'aruch on Aruch, but it gets into all different things. It gets into, his, he starts telling about a sefer called Haflosh Be'erichin, which is the Iyindika sefer that Rabbi Shai Berlin wrote on the sefer Aruch. And he tells him different things, and he quotes him big pieces, and Rabbi says to him, oh, thank you so much, just help me, I was mechavim to this, and, and they deal back and forth. Now, it's very possible. Now, we see also from elsewhere, Rabbi Ephraim Zalman was very into the Aruch, not only in his Zerah but other places for other reasons, which some of them will get to shortly. Now, it could be that because of this, he, at this time, these early letters, Rabbi Ephraim Zalman is, a young, is in his low 20s. So it could be this triggered the, the, his, in, to make his interest even greater in the Aruch and with the Shultis, but... It seems also there's a concept called the Republic of Letters that a lot of times certain Gedalim, they didn't even meet, but they, 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 they used to talk and learning through letters. So they had this um, connection. Anyway, the, the, what's the Hashivas of the, of the Sefer Aruch? So a lot of people think the Aruch is just a dictionary. It's, you know, it has words. You don't know, you know, uh, it's an early jastro, let's say. You're stuck with a word and you just look it up. But the answer is it's not true. An intense... Um, looking into the Sefer Aruch, let's say by one of the great experts of the, of the Sefer Aruch was, was Professor Shraga Abramson, a great Litvish Talmud Chacham from Lamja, and he was an expert, amongst many other things, in the Sefer Aruch. So he writes that if someone learns the Sefer Aruch carefully, you'll see it's not just a dictionary. It's, a, it, it's like a sort of encyclopedia. Basically, not only when he's talking about the word, he'll bring you the whole gear, so 
because he wants, he knows that that's also going to be useful. And he adds a lot of things that sometimes, you know, he could have just said it with two words. This word means this, but he brings you the whole text. And, and what people have is a lot of times that nusuch, Wolbasan could help playing out to understand you have a new nusuch in, let's say, a medrash, because he's saying the word means this like it means in this medrash, and he brings you the whole line. Also, he preserves a lot of Ga'inic sources. So, so, so to speak, this will be one of the, this is one of the earliest Makairis that we have before the Kairagliza and stuff like that of Ga'inic of material was in the Sefer Arch. By, by and, the way, the Targum Neofidi mm-hmm. is also, that's how they proved it, because he was talking oh, oh, about right, that. Oh, right, 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 correct. Anyway, without... Right, 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 exactly. That, right. So, no, they... they they hold it, he really meant it. It can't be. He did, if he did it ten times, it would be one thing, but he does it through, throughout the Sefer. So they hold that it must be that he knew, he was conscious of what he was doing, and this is what he meant. Anyway, um, okay, so this is step two. Now, what is it, what, but how is it, now could I use this somehow to answer my question with the Zerafrayim? And the answer is like this. I'm, when, I'm, when you, I said, yeah, one of the things that's significant is looking at the Shah of a Sefer. So I was randomly looking at the shar of the first print of the Shultis, with the Rishai Berlin prints in eighteen in seventeen eighty six, and then, and he and there's five things in the beginning of the of the sefer where he says this is what I'm about to do in the sefer. One of them is he says I'm gonna, um, I'm doing marmakaymus and shas bavli yushalm mechultis sefri v'sefri midrasha. Okay. Then he says, I'm going to look at the Shina Nuschais. Maybe there's a Girsa that needs to be changed, or maybe we see a new Nusach and a Sugya based on these Girsais. Then he says, is, What about it is a Mila Udavar Kasha Mechusar Havana? Because it's a Mila Zara, Veloinim Tsubashas, only very rarely. I'm going to look if it's in Rashi Taisis or the Sefer Ha'aruch, which anyway I said that. Which I was already had a massive perish that he, had, he didn't print at the time, but he had already on the Aruch ready to go. Um, another thing is, I'll deal with is stuff that he could be mefarish in the, in the sugya based on the shultas. Now, when you look at these four or five things, this is the bl- it's clear is, Rebbe Zalmagolis is following this blueprint when he's doing his perish Zerafrayim. He's also concerned with to be mefarish, the safer based on the Bavli Yushalmi Mechiltas Afrasafri Midrashim. He's also concerned about the Shini Nuschais and the text of it to look at it very carefully. Sometimes he will point out that there's a new Nusach from the text uh, and he'll play around with it. Also, he uses, as I said, Rashi Taisis to explain the words, the Sefer Arach. And also then he has his tyrant he puts in here, which is similar to what he does. So it could be consciously, subconsciously, after he got it before, since anyway they were on the same wavelength and the same type of thing, that, that there was some type of influence of Rabbi Shire Berlin his parish on the Shultis with the Zarephar. Okay, but it's really much, much this, the, the story is much, much um, deeper than this. And that, it's as follows. Up till now, um, we're taking for granted is that everyone knew about Ga'inim in that period of time. We're talking the 1780s. So everyone knew, okay, there's Ga'inim works and there's Ga'inim Svarim and everything like that. And, and that couldn't be further from the truth. No one at that time knows anything about Ga'inim. And, and so much so, there's literally nothing printed from Ga'inim at that period of time. If someone is, is in 1780 and he decides he wants to go buy, he wants to start building a library and he has all the Rishayim, now he wants to go back to Ga'inim, he will not be able to find anything. Maybe he'll be able to get some rare book dealer at the time and tell him, okay, I'll give you a shultis from, we, we quoted that the, when the shultis is printed first, 
in the 1500s, but that's it. Pretty much. One second. I'll, now, what, but what does exist? So, so first of all, like this. The, um, Shear, who eventually, he becomes the first big historian that starts writing the history of the Gainim, he says, and he's writing this a little later, he's writing this in the 1830s, <coughs> so basically, if someone wanted to get something, it's very hard. Now, what it, there really is, there is a few things. There is a there's a sefer called Shail of Achuvas Me'againim, which is printed in 1575, but it's a very unclear how much it's really Gainim. Looking at it, people have pointed out that there's even stuff from the Shulchan Aruch somehow got in there, so it's not clear how much is is Ga'onika, as they call it. There's a early work called Hilchas Ptsukas Menagainim, but that's printed in 1516 and, and no one really knows about it or has it. There is, once you get a little later on into the time of Rabbi Shire Berlin, after Prince of Shiltis, there's the Shari Tzedek, all of a sudden around that time there is the Mishpatei Shvuis and Mekka They were printed earlier, but from 1602 and onwards they're not available and no one has them, no one's using them. There is the Halachas Gedailas, it's printed in 1548, but then it's not printed till 1811. So there's a few hundred years that maybe, maybe, as I said, when they wanted to print the Shultis, the Rabbi Yosef Tumim, who was the Rav of Breslau, he happened to have a Shultis in his library. But it, I don't know how much he ever used it, and, and the Gedalim didn't have it or use it so much. What about the Sefer Aruch? The Sefer Aruch also wasn't used. Until the 16, end of the 1600s, it was printed a few times, but then it's not printed pretty much in the 1700s, one time, and then 1819, which is later than what we're talking about, it's printed again by Maisha Landau, the grandson of the Nain Behuda. That's why the Later on, right, that's later on. Um, yeah, but, but before you even get to Mekitsin and Adamim, the early Maskinima before them, they also were very interested in it, and they start writing about it, and they start printing whatever they find, but... But yeah, Mekitsin Adam was definitely interested in, in that. Now, so basically my claim is that one, this poor guy that didn't have Parnassa and then he ends up getting the Shultas printed was a trigger for everything because all of a sudden now Yishayar Berlin writes a be in the Kapirish. And as I said, Rabbi Ephraim Zalman Golis hears about it. But not only does Rabbi Ephraim Zalman Golis hear about it and other Gainic works start coming out, let's get, now we have to get to Vilna. Vilna, the Dayan of Vilna, the time of the Vilna Gain, was Rav Dov Berish, the author of the Rivet Hazav, who dies in 1797. He wrote this incredible work called Rivet Hazav. Rivet Hazav is Mechaver Tayrish Valpen Tayrish Abiksan. He brings tons of Rishayim, and even, and, and even some, some of the Gainim that he had, which, as I said, was, was Kamat nothing, but it's usually through Tzitutim of Rishayim, quotes from Rishayim. But he brings the Shiltis. Which Shiltis is he using? The Shultis of Rabbi Berlin, and he even and he brings the Shilas Shalom of Rabbi Berlin, another great Chacham from Vilna, the great Chai Adam brings Shultis. Which edition does he use in his Chai Adam and also his Chacham Adam? The Shultis of Rabbi Berlin. He says so. So we see that all of a sudden now it starts, and around this time, all of a sudden, a few, a, not a lot of works, but a few works do come out, and a few other Gedolim are starting to be Isaac in Gainim. So the Shila Shalim was the first Hebrew that understood the significance that what lies in the Shultis, the Girsais, how it could help play out with the Bavli. And this opened up the world of Gainim. Now, the, the academics that were Isaac in the, in the Sugi of Gainim, so they write out and they map out the whole history. They are not aware that all this was happening much, where they say it starts from, this is much earlier from them. They, they, they are not aware, even some of them that are aware of some of the people, but they're not aware of all this... Um, 
that, all this that was happening really about 50 years earlier. Okay, let's say it now. Um, but and one one last nakuda, which again goes further into the excuse for the to the to the base to tie to the base marriage of the Vilna guy. That's as follows. One of the great questions that's asked with relating to the Vilna Gain is that when does his impact happen and how does his impact happen and what's his impact on his generation and the generation immediately afterwards? Um, and how does it happen? I mean, say, how does he become so famous? Was he famous in his lifetime? Was he fa- what was he, what was he? If he was famous in his lifetime, what exactly was he famous for? Who was the proper? Who was the mamshich of him? Which people? Who are they? And all these things. And people have been Isaac with this for well over um, from literally after he died until Aliyah. And people are constantly coming up with different theories. One of the things that people point out is, is if you're trying to pinpoint the, um, what came out that had an impact is the, the world of um, Agada, the Midrashim, and to learn it intensely, is a generation after the Vilna Gain. People such as the Radal, the Rashash, and, and, and many others, the Rabbi Yitzhak Landau, who all these people wrote Purushim Medrash, besides for what else they wrote. Um, so there... Now, they didn't see the Vilna Gain, so but they linked them. There's a fellow who wrote a very interesting uh, doctorate and then book called Gil Pearl, where he links it that we see these people, in, they were in Vilna, many of them, and they were Isaac in Midrashim, and it's clearly that there was some type of influence in the Vilna Gain from him. Okay. He suggests that where does this influence come from? One of the people he suggests is Rabbi Cheskel Feivel, the Magad Mesharim of Vilna, who is the author of the famous work, Taldus Adam Arzam Velashim. But he doesn't say how. I, I think he means this because he was a darshaner and they all heard him speak and everything and they quote him. Rashash quotes him, Radal quotes him, other people quote him. So he heard him give drushes and a darshan is usually into medrash, so maybe that triggered it more and then they themselves went ahead and wrote intense perushim on medrash. Okay, but that could be. I, I don't know. I, I, I was not in contact with him to know, but he doesn't explain it. And, but it seems that there's more to the story and that is as follows. A mamish not well known is that Rabbi Cheskel besides for writing this best-selling book called Taldus Adam, he wrote a pirish on Medrash Rabbah that exists today, it's printed, on Bereshis, Shemais, and Vayikra. And this pirish, similar to Rabbi Fraim Zalmar Golis, is Isaac in bringing Magbilot, comparisons from Sefer Chazal, a ton of usage of Sefer Aruch, to explain hard words and bringing different gersais in the actual Medrash. This is what he does throughout the pirish in these three Volumes that we have in these three, in the three halakim of Chumash that it was printed. Now, okay, it's in the Medrash. It's a Biure Mari, it doesn't have a full name even. Biure Mem He Reshud Pei. Okay, now, Rabbi amongst the many people that he knew well, it's interesting is he knew Rabbi Shaya Berlin personally well. His son, Reb Zev, who was the Darshan Vilna afterwards, who we were recently to have his drushes printed for a manuscript, which is an incredible, has incredible information. The drush itself is excellent, and also there's a lot of information about Vilna and the Tkufa. He says that my father was Nafshay Kshura im Nefesh Agayin Achasir Rabbi Berlin. Okay, and he, we have actually some things that he says over from him and, and elsewhere. Now, there's a sefer called Nachlas Avos. He says, I saw the sefer Shila Shalom of Rabbi Shaya Berlin pick that was given by Matana from Rabbi Shaya Berlin to Rabbi Cheskel Faival. And it had and it says it said in the in the inscription, Bahava Uviadidus. 
So now, as a side, it happens to be that Rabbi Ephraim Zalmar goes also was a great friend of Rabbi Chesko Faivo, but we don't have to come on to that. I'm able to link him directly to Rabbi Shaya Berlin. So just like Rabbi Shaya um, had an influence, as I'm claiming, on some level with Galicia, Rabbi Ephraim Zalman, who ends up having um, influence on all of Galicia, um, um, so too he has this ashpa on Rabbi Chesko Faivo, and that is also how Rabbi Chesko Faivo, who did have a connection, Radal, the Rashash, and all the and Rabbi Yitzchak who all end up writing Purushim on, on the um, Midrashe Agada. So it, it's some type of connection, and it will link Germany and Galicia and Vilna all together. Now I, there is something that I'm omitting over here, and it's on purpose because it, it's still completely unclear. There was a tremendous, tremendous person. Um, who sadly, the way it works is sometimes if someone has a famous father, so even though they're very big, they sort of get lost. Um, and that is Rabbi Avram ben Agra. Rabbi Avram ben Agra was an expert in Medrash, um, incredible, but it's, it's still, I, I have to be able, you have to be able to show that he actually had an influence, let's say, on these people, um, and that is still a work in progress. But he was Isaac in Medrash Agada. He was around the time. He was a big Talmud of his father, but that's not for... Now, anyway, but that's the, um, in short. Yeah, but it's not only that, but it's also the method. I'm, I'm concerned about the method, not the library. The library, they could be, they had. Um, saying, interest, interest in yeah, the interest is also. Interest is not enough. Why do you he picked that one. He picked that one. That doesn't have to... That, 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 that doesn't have to be exact. They have to be able to explain the method he's doing. Where does it come from? No one's writing... There's no one beforehand writing such a parish like that. Only maybe, maybe you could say um, people in Vilna, but... It's very interesting. On the side of the Vilna Shas and Shaitik, he very often brings the Aruch. Right. Not Altskirsa, just if he, For the he, he argues with Rashi on a certain... Right, as you said, he, said, he says it's also because he wants you to know the parish of Milam of the thing. He's very concerned both. in his, he, he, The Sefer, which today we have, which is called Aflash Be'erichin, is an intense parish on Aruch. It's concerned with Rashi, Tysis, how they learn the words and, and dealing with it. Even and, when and it's word. not just dictionary related. Right, Even right. if it's shot in the Right, exactly. It's yeah. yeah. extremely yeah. important for him. And yeah, 100%. And writing on Medrash and... Your materials all the same. No, no, no. It's two things, but they're using the same method in both. That's what's interesting. That uh, using the same. Is that a shadow of Vilna? Is that in any way a product of any of this? No. using No, it's simple. Very simple. It's it's an excellent way of marketing to sell a medrash. To sell the medrash. It's much later on. It's nothing. It, these years. We're talking the early eighteen hundreds. That's the eighteen seventies. You know. The the medrash rabbi of Vilna. I'm talking about. But it, it was an amazing work for that period of time because they went and tracked down everything. You say there was still there were masses learning medrash and People were learning medrash. Now all of a sudden, Vilna makes it that you can learn medrash amazing with X amount of Purushim. But they put it, they put it in one page. There, he's also he's Vilna. He identif- we identify him with the Vilna. Any Something like that. Yeah, 
But it's not necessarily an evil thing. It's more convenience. They want you to be able, they want to have two volumes of everything. Right? But the Brachas claim that he, he stuck some things in. Yeah, it could be that, but the main goal was not it was money. Not, the claim that they left it out because the right. Right. They don't like him at all. The basically the stipler doesn't like him at all in his malu in his um, because of what he wrote in the maluim and shulchan arach. But it's interesting is that if you read an account of him in an account, you would think he was a regular. Fr he he was actually a regular from Orthodox Jew. He, and one of the things that he was lost is he wrote a book on the Chai Yadam, for example. He was a from Shemir Torah Mitzvah. He was Shemir Shavas. He might have had interesting sheetas, but if you read an entry about him by someone that knew him personally from that time that was only printed a few years ago, you wouldn't be... Again, it doesn't mean that all the problems in Stifel are not problems. They probably are, but that's what's interesting. A lot of Muslims in those times were Shemir Right, in Vilna. In Vilna. No, but in Vilna... Shear is Galicia. In Vilna, they, that's when you read this book, yeah, you could see, you, you're right. But Vilna, you cannot tell the difference by their, their, if you're just reading their raw biography, they sound like regular from people. Then you have to start going through this stuff, and then all of a sudden you start seeing interesting things. Where are most of the Kedusha Rishayim printed in the 1730s, 40s, and 50s? Which, which, which? Kedusha Rishayim, Kedusha Raj, Barana, Most? Well, not at all. A large period were in the 50s. So, that's when the start of it right, is. But, so is the Shilpas a Goenic thing or it's just a continuation? No, it has nothing to do with it. We see. Right, it's Aramaic. It's, it's impossible to read. You, you look at, most people today, when you look at it, no one's looking at it. Regular yeshiva people, if they pull it out, it's only because the Nativ, it's a convenient place. Right, right. People put it, uh, many yeshiva libraries have it in the Chumash section. And it's writes on a parish on the Shiltus. Was that in order to write a parish on the Shiltus? Yes, to, yes. Or is completely. it to get his name out? As no, a, no, nothing as to do that. No, the Nativ is a huge Chiddush. Uh, the Nativ is, a, is a, it's an incredible Chiddush with the Nativ. Uh, the horror is that the Nativ, imagine if I told you that Rabshach, in the middle of the Zman, finds out that there's a manuscript in Russia of a Rishon on Masechtus Baba Basra. He's giving a share on Baba Basra, and you hear he's getting on a plane, and he's going to get... He wants to see that manuscript. You tell me I'm crazy. But that's what the Nativ did with the Shultis. Really? Yeah. He found out that there is a manuscript of the Shultis. He got on the train. It took him of I can't... I tried to ask someone that would know, but he didn't want to do the calculations. There's a way to calculate exactly how long it took him, but it took him a lot longer than getting on a plane and going. He, this guy, the guy told me exactly how to figure it out, but it, it took him easily a week to, to get there, to see it. And he did, to go see the Shultis. Now, anyone knows anything about the Nativ, he didn't waste a second of his time. That's what he writes. Um, uh, he signs every tshuva of his that he's so... I'm saying... But he was also so broad. That he say there, but he took off time, I'm saying, to go, to travel and everything. He, did, he could have sent the shliach. He could have sent... Um, he, he had people in all different places. He could have said, you know, send me a... a yeah, whatever, a, a draft, whatever. He didn't. He went to go see. So Nativ uh, is completely... Out of the box when it comes to this, and the Shultis was beyond that. That was he's the whole time he through did the parish. Right, but it doesn't come out. The Shultis, right? That's a different young, right, right. Right. Okay. right. Okay. Right. 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 Oh, I think we're
Well, no, I just I have just two bangs in the car. Once we're here, I guess. There's two bangs in the car. I just wanted to take it out. You mentioned the Tolda Sodom. Oh, right. We spoke about it. We spoke to that. Right, 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 right. I, I, the reason, okay, I happened, the first time I spoke to, to Eliezer is because I was, I was, I, I saw a Maritzchayis bring a Tolta Sodom, and I don't know too much about the Tolta Sodom in the Cheska Bible, and he has a, it was a, it was a stomach, it was, had to do with the Nitzvah and he says a very sharp Elushin, something Tolta Sodom writes, and he said very, something sharp, and I chop some things up over here, so... I, I, I heard Ripley Yezer say something on one of these shiurim he gave about, and it sounded like he's very into it. So what did you want to tell, tell me what you... you I, rem- tell, I, rem- what I remember the whole... Uh, you said you did a lot of research. In right, that, right, yeah. but I, I don't remember. This. I, there's no way in the world I'm uh, <laughs> keeping... It's been no, way I, too you, long. You know the question... The, what? Do you know anything further about the Maraschai's connection to the... We spoke about it. And Shlomit Lieger writes that he's lying, that he was never a Talmudist, and he had no Talmudim. Right, so I think... He was sitting and learning, and he had no Talmudim, and he wasn't... So at this point, I still can't say with confidence one way or the other. All I could say is that definitely, definitely... He has to do with Rabbi Ephraim Zalmargolis. Rabbi Ephraim Zalmargolis quotes Ratzchai as a question that he asked from him more than once, and it's clear that he had influence on him. But the claim is, for sure, Rabbi Ephraim Zalman did not have a base medrash with a yeshiva and stuff like that, and Talmidim. He maybe had three or four Talmidim. Rabbi Ephraim is very upset. That he right, he, but, right, but, but Rabbi Ephraim Kluger was good with the Ratzchaias, and then he gets upset at him at a certain point in time. So you can't always... You have to be able to... It's not pushed exactly what's going on. You say at a certain point in time, he would say he was the greatest guy. Then, then he... Did a Rishai pick a No, he's dead. 1799, Maritzchai is... The years don't work out. 1799, Breslau, doesn't... not German. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's 15, 16, 16. Right? He's very young. And, and as a Chiddush is that he's answering the 16-year-old. Imagine a 16-year-old writes to uh, these type of shilas. No way, right? Who wrote, who wrote the Psikta? That, that's a different question I'm not going into because... That, that, the, is that Galenic or before Pre-Galenic? No, no, it's before. Sure, right? I'm, I'm not talking about it. I, I'm talking about Chorin right now. <laughs> That's a whole different focus. And now today's year. No, I'm talking about Rufayim Zalman wrote a parish on something. Yeah. So what he's writing on, if they knew the, if they knew what the, what the work exactly was, that it seems. All these things that this is took years. It took them years till they knew exactly better off what it is. But it's a short early. That, what early means? Early before Gaim. It means before Gaim. Yeah. Yeah, but after that... Yeah, what do you mean? Because the Medrash HaGod will marshal his late, leaves around him, right? So, the Sun Medrash must leave very late. So they have these Medrash they call the Medrash of Tema and Medrash. Right. Tema and Megillus and... Right. Hanukkah. Don't see Hoffman, is this what the major part of his research was to find them? We don't have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also, yeah. He's doing that, correct, for sure. The Ravid has mentioned... He also brings a lot of Gaiyan, but a lot of Rishayim also. A, a, a credible amount for that period of time to do it and 
usually he must he also it's clear he had some type of uh, interesting library and also Naich Mins in his safer it's clear he had some interesting library he was very into Rishayim even the newest Rishayim that were coming out he quotes right away yeah that just came out literally within ten years of imprinting his work that's why you see with him and Rav Ramon makes sense. He was. He's the fa- he's the family, the richest family in Vilna at the time. Is he's in that family. So. How do we understand why there was a three hundred year gap that no one was interested in We don't know. But it's the same with Rishayim. That that's the main thing. Rishayim only started coming out. He he pointed out the Rishayim also. If you. Not even, and even then, it's a lot of Masechtas only today, in only in the past 20 years are we really having even Rishayim and everything. So it's not... That's one reason, but they, but, but they do print a lot of Sfarim. There's a lot of Sfarim out. So the answer is, is what's the, they say the Amshel Shleimer, for example, wrote on many Masechtas, and the manuscript, first it took a long time for even the ones that we do have to come out. Why did they stop, and why did they lose the manuscript of most of them? Because there was no demand for the Sefer ready then. It was huge also on the Right, but there were, there was people ready to copy, but there's no demand. Basically, Sparm are sold based on... So maybe the Shabbos Ari, right? So you go, you go, you go, you go, you you have money to print. Right, right. Money in hand, but there's no interest in, in, in Farshah Shas, that's a huge... There was. They, there are so much longer until the Chavetz Chaim prints it. I'm saying, right? That's a crazy thing. The the history of the printing of all the Sfarim we take today we manage to take for granted. You just press a button, you have Hebrew books, whatever, in seconds. And and even twenty years ago, you didn't have it. But forget about when the Gedolim what they were learning. We don't know where it Right, but there was also a machlekes theory of what had to print it. That was part of the whole. So it was the money. I think they would have found, but there was a machlekes. This would be all the cash on the famous Chazanish that said that Swara that we didn't have that didn't go to prison. For sure, it's a, it's it's basic. I'm not talking about Shana. Correct, it's out of the box. No, basic Shana. You didn't have a rabbi. It's completely. It's completely. It's completely against the Chazanish, but that's not something. Actually, in Lakewood, maybe you could talk about. What's this Chazanish? You can't talk. No, basically, is that the Chazanish? Talked about a little bit of one of the. That's what the Siyata Bishmaya. What? No, I didn't say Siyata Bishmaya. Just that we. We can't pass him based on these new issues that come out that didn't go through the the, the, so the, the that's different. That each you have to each reason to the goof and shilling. Then the chayyim brings a lot of manners, so we don't have them. Right. Kasher cannot. Even Rashi is some manners, but Joshua we don't have. Right. But each a few, a few Rashi. Levi, very, very, very late, very late. Yeah. yeah. That whole Mark claims that he went through the medrash rabbah, and the third of the medrash rabbah is missing. That's in the manuscripts, and the printer is just correct. Correct, correct, correct. Which means to say that if somebody would go through all the Kisviyad and everything, so in the Kisviyad you would find much, much more, more correct, yeah, yeah. Than is actually right, printed. and it's supposed to come out with so, it for years, so, and it never, so, it never happened. Yeah. Is there anybody? There was someone who was from Nachum Zemba's house. Right. Told me, I heard it from him. 
he had from floor to ceiling, all over, on every around. Right, right. They hit it. It's all lost. Yeah, right, they hit it. Well, in Warsaw, in the ghetto. They hit right? it in Warsaw. It wasn't printed. All these right, but it was basically ready. It was too late when they hit it. Right, And what Mandelbaum found in a few places. And Rabbi also had like... 80 Right, and they found almost... Well, I think only really one thing survived. Yeah. And right? Yeah, But that was already in his lifetime. He witnessed it getting lost. And why... Does anyone say those words early? Definitely not, because they never thought like that. No one says it because it wasn't factually true in their time, so they wouldn't say it. You want to have the say, you know, it would be. It was meant to be. Right, so it was. All the people so that went to. They used the right word. Look, look when Yushami Kachin came out, no one said, oh no, it's a new Risha, we can't look at it. Everyone was grabbing it until they capped it to forgery. <laughs> and they used it right away. They used it right away. Even the Tumor Bakhazakha, right? 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 Right, right, no, they say that, but you so could use it. Somebody, could use it. Say, somebody say that line, that line on, on, on our basic Swarm, which I mean, we didn't have, you know, until a certain time, all of a sudden it shows up. Someone said that at Archville, no? He just gave out the volumes of the Marshall. He just gave out the two volumes of the Marshall. Yeah. And they had the one who sectioned by his... You were awake? And the Haiku class, they had a whole... They wrote about it. They claimed that it was the happy before he was 